This morning, I want to take you to a familiar passage of Scripture that you know, and I'm going to read it out of the translation that you know it the most, that you've seen it on, you know, curtains, T-shirts, coffee mugs, little things on Facebook as they've sent through and told you to send it to, you know, 100 people and your day is going to be great, right? Pass it on and don't you be the one that don't, don't continue to pass it on, you know, that particular stuff. But in Jeremiah 29, 11, but we're going to go all the way to verse 13. The New International Version says it this way. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in the future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. With how much of your heart? You know, God always wants all. He always wants all. It's a requirement, okay? Which means this, we must be able to identify when all is not in it. I'm going to say that again. There must be an identification with us that is we're not all in. And that's very important. I'm reminded, the Holy Ghost just reminded me to give you this case in point, of when we were in, a in, a, in, in plans or began to negotiate to purchase the mall we're in. And um, as we started that process, you know, um, and, and was presented the opportunity to purchase the mall, um, you know, it was a, it's an undertaking, to say the least. And, you know, when your account's at zero, when God starts to talk to you about something, and yet, you know, you're negotiating to purchase something that you, in the scene realm, do not have, uh, you better know you hear God. And, you know, so as it got out in the church that, you know, we're talking with ownership and talking about purchasing the mall and those particular things, you know, I passed by quite a few people and they're like, we can do it, Pastor, or we can do it. We got it. We can do it. But I knew for me on the inside, I was yet all in. Now, in my mind, I knew God could, but I hadn't been firmly persuaded in my spirit. I needed to hear from God on this thing because, you know, I didn't want it to be just an idea that I had. I wanted to make sure it was coming from the heart of God. So as you've heard me say before, but there's people online that's not heard it at all. I was, uh, it was a Wednesday night and my wife and I had planned to do a couple days camping. So I hooked up my camper and I said, I'm going to go down and set up before service and I, I'm going to pray in route. And so, and I was intentional. I wanted to pray. I wanted to spend some time with the Lord and, you know, get with him concerning this thing of purchasing them all. You know, I didn't want, I needed to count the cost. I needed to recognize what this deal was, what it was going to cost in faith. I needed to know that I heard God. So as I was riding down A1A and taking a scenic route down to where I was going, you know, I was praying and spending time with the Lord. And I came across this one place on A1A where there's a lot of homes that are built right on uh, the ocean, and they're, they're huge homes, man. I mean, they are million-dollar homes, millions of dollars, okay? Uh, that's what they would go for if you were trying to purchase one of those. And I remember coming around the corner and seeing those particular houses, and I heard in my spirit the Lord speak to me by the Holy Ghost, and he says, do you see that house over there? And I said, out loud, I talked out loud, though God was speaking to me on the inside. I said, yes, Lord, I see that house. He said, how much do you think that costs? I said, oh, millions. I mean, I'm from the state of Florida, I know. I mean, I, I realize how much it costs to live on 
the ocean, right? And as big as these homes were, I mean, we're not talking stick figure homes. We're talking concrete cinder block homes that are all the way to the roof cinder blocks, okay? Uh, you realize, man, this thing, millions of dollars, Lord. He said, yeah. He said, do you notice what it looks like? And I knew what he was saying. You know, when God's talking, you don't have to say it all. You just get an impression of your spirit. And it basically was shut down. It, it had the storm windows covered it, you know, ready in case a hurricane hit. Now, this is during the spring and summer, okay? And it's boarded up, so to speak. I said, yeah, it's all closed up. He says, um, I said, it's probably somebody's, you know, uh, second home their getaway place. And he told me, you're correct. He said, how much you think they pay for that? I said, millions, Lord. You know what it means. He said, if man can have a second home that he'll pay millions for, don't you think I can get you them all? And I knew then that the Lord had said it, and I got all in. My point is, is that here we are to seek him with all our heart, which means there's an indicator in us that lets us know whether we're 99.9 .9 or 100. God never wanted us to live the life with him 50%, 10%, 100% and 25% the next day. This is not a law of averages. This is supposed to be all in, every day, all the time. Amen. And even when you fail, you can still be living all in, make the mistake, and immediately because you have given him your, all your heart, you're like, I just blew it. That was not how God wanted this to go down. I just went the wrong direction. Lord, forgive me. I repent. And you're right back in perfect alignment with God. Amen. You may get out at times, meaning you may respond not according to Scripture, but the Holy Ghost say, whoa, hey, what's going on right now? You're listening to your head too much. Yeah, right now, you're not following what I'm saying. You're right. I repent. Lord, forgive me because I am all in with you. You know when you're on that tipping point where you're like, I know what God's saying, but I want to go here. I know what God says here, but I'm wanting to do this. I know what all in means and what I'll have to do if I follow that, but man, I sure feel justified being right here right now. Are you with me? Yes. We've got to decide all the time in every occasion that we keep our heart all before God. Amen. All before God. So the Amplified reads this, this way, for I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, says the Lord, thoughts and plans for welfare and peace and not for evil, to give you hope in your final outcome. When you call upon me and you will call and pray and, and, and you will come and pray to me, I will hear and heed you. Then you will seek me, inquire for, and require me as a vital necessity and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Now, I'm not keying on the all today. I just wanted to let us know that you got to get all in. But the thing that I really want to focus on this morning is this word called plans. For I know the plans I have for you. And what we need to first understand is that the word plans is plural. Plans is not singular, but plural. So God never intended for us to get the plan of God 
but the plans. Which tells us this then, God does not only have a plan to save you from your sins so that when you die, you go to heaven. That is not his sole plan. That's not it. He has plans. Look to your neighbor and say, he has plans. So what we have to do is we need to discover all the plans that he actually has for our life. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Notice he has a plan for your life. He does not have just a plan to save you from your sins so that when you die, you go to heaven. He has plans for your life. That means once you're born again, then there's additional plans that we can pick up and it will navigate us through life so that we can build the very plan we grabbed. Okay? Let's look at a few more scriptures. Isaiah 46, 10, 11 says this, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things which uh, have not been done, saying my purpose will be established and I will accomplish all my good pleasure. Calling a bird of prey from the east, the man of my purpose from a far country, truly I have spoken, truly I will bring it to pass. I have planned it. Surely I will do it. When God built, makes a plan, he's going to bring it to pass. And he doesn't just have one. He has many plans. Okay? Psalms 3311 says it this way. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. For how long? Forever. Say it again. Forever. How long? Forever. forever. The plans of his heart from generation to generation. Do you know his plans transcend time? Amen. Do you understand God has already architect plans for your life long before you showed up? And if you want to have a relevant build or a relevant lifestyle, if you want your life to be built where it's relevant, then you need to go find God's plans that he's already penned. Are you with me? There's not anything you'll ever deal with in life that he, are, he doesn't already have a set of plans for. They're already done. You just need to go find the plans. You need to get them drawn up in your life. Okay? Proverbs 16, says it this way. Commit your works to the Lord and your plans will be established. I said, your plans will be established. So I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. What are these plans? Well, he has plans for healing. He has plans for prosperity. He has plans for marriages. He has plans for raising your children. He has plans for becoming a leader. He has plans for deliverance. He has plans for peace. He has plans for joy. He has plans for righteousness. He has plans for conquering obstacles. He has plans for dominion. He has plans for favor. He has plans for forgiveness. He has plans for overcoming offense. He has plans for anything you ever go through. He has a plan that if you'll follow it, it'll turn out just as the plans dictate. Wow. What an awesome, awesome thing God has. So today I have some plans. Just for an example, uh, Devin's going to come up our usher so that we can pull them out for you because we need to understand what is the purpose for plans. The purpose for plans are to provide specific instruction on accomplishing a project. Do you understand the Bible says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made? God has a plan for your life, but not a plan, plans for your life. 
In whatever situation you get in, he has plans, okay? I'll hold this first set and stick it right here. We'll come back to those later. This is a set of plans that are for them all. Yeah, and these are not a complete set. Now, notice the difference in thickness. You say, well, why is there so many plans for them all and you got this little small set? Well, it depends on what you're building. Right. Amen. And it depends on when you're building. What are you having to do? So let's pull these out. Come over here, Devin. Help me out. We'll pull some of these out so we can kind of help them out, let them see a few things. All right. Amen. These are original set of plans. Woo. Glory to his name. Amen. Look at this. Wow. Look at this set of plans. Can you read it? Yeah. Some of you are like, I don't know what that is. The Bible's like that for people too. When you know how to interpret it, it means everything. <laughs> okay, so this little legend over here lets us know some things that are going on here with the Ponce Mall. It has a section associated with it and what we're actually talking about. This is having to do with some of the trust systems and, um, and putting these um, uh, footers in, the different poles. They ended up going 30 feet. If you go in the mall, every 30 feet, there's a red iron. Here's some trusses across it, and it's telling us the dimensions. It's telling us its load. It's telling us its weight. It's letting us know how that concrete uh, wall there that was poured as a slab when it's pulled up and it's tied in, how that all works so that when it's all said and done, this building don't collapse on us. Are you with me? Let's look at some more. All right, I'm going to make you do a little bit of work. Is that all right? Okay, so let's just take this front sheet right here, and let's just uh, throw it down. Just toss it down there. So here's another set. Same thing. Let's keep going. Let's drop a few back. Let's get back a few more. Oh, here we go. Look at this right here. Now, here's a set of plans, and it tells exactly where it's at. It's in the back part of Belk right here is where this particular section is built. Because the mall so large, they had had so many set of plans for the anchor stores, what's in the center, how they built certain things out. Now, and these are just, most of these are dealing with foundation, dealing with the roof structure. But you understand, there was a whole set of electrical plans. There became a set of what they call HVAC plans, heating and air condition. Whole set of plans on how to put that in. There was plumbing plans on where all the plumbing went, how it ran, and what the grade was, and where it started here, and how it had to have a particular grade to get to another thing. Just like we had, uh, Simon's been working with them all and had to go outside and deal with the drainage system. Why is that? Because the culverts that were galvanized have rusted and collapsed and had to replace it with PVC. But you just can't throw it in there. Because if you throw it in there without measuring and doing a, um, a survey to understand what the pitch needs to be, water will come off the roof, come out of the building. Next thing you know, if you got it down too low at the beginning, it can't drain all the way out. And we got what we have with Lake, Lake Acre Faith. That every time it rains, for whatever reason, instead of putting that grade system in there, which used to be there, I have the plans that when it collapsed, they just covered it up. And that's why we have a pond every time it rains. Instead of spending the money to fix it, get the grade right, because that's why it pulls there, because there used to be a grate there that it would fall down and roll out and go out into our retention pond. But now we get Lake Anchor Faith and we get to practice walking on water. Okay. So here, let's open this one up. 
Just let, you got it? Yep, great. All right, now, this right here, we got some of the inside. Oh, we're dealing with a little electrical here. See all the wires jumping and stuff here? This is where the center of the mall is. Here's the different areas that came. Man, and, and anyone who knows how to interpret can come in, read this plan, and then bring it from the unseen to the seen. This is built to scale which literally means that they have a scale associated in whatever this measurement is. They do it in, in real time or real life, and it turns out exactly as the plans designed it. Are you with me? All right, I'm going to let you take those, and you can deal with those, all right? Yep. And then we'll go to this set. Now, this set of plans here has to do with Anchor Faith Church. Okay, because again, what are we saying? The purpose for plans are to provide specific instructions on accomplishing a project. Plans are produced in order to meet all the requirements of the code. See, that's why it said over in Proverbs 16.3, it says, commit your works to the Lord and your plans will be established. Just because you want to do something doesn't mean you can do something. Because all of God's plans meet his kingdom codes. Meaning how God put things in order, that's how it will be. If you don't pass the codes, you can't build it. That's why the Lord said, if, um, unless the Lord build the house, a man labors in vain. That's why Matthew 16 tells us that Jesus said, and I will build my church. He never delegated it. Pastors do not have the right to build the church on their own. Jesus didn't say, I'm going to have pastors build churches. I'm going to have the apostles build churches. I'm going to have the prophets build churches. I'm going to have the teachers build churches. I'm going to have the evangelists build churches. Didn't say that. He said, I'll build it. But I'll put form in there. I'm just contract labor is what I am, you understand? I'm like a subcontractor. You understand? Jesus is the architect designer. He's pulled it all out, and then I'm a subcontractor. I show up, and he said, now, these are the plans. This is what you're responsible for. See, how many general contractors I got in here? I got a few, and you know as well as I do, all of a sudden, you get those plans pulled out, and those plans will dictate what you're building. And you may be an expert in putting the footer down and putting in the foundation, but you don't know jack about putting up trusses. And so what do you do? You contract that out to someone and you say, now here's your set of plans. But notice your set of plans aren't different from my plans. It's just a specific part so that ultimately we're building a house. Are you with me? This is why God has people doing different areas of ministry because he says, look, I got, a, I got plans for your life. The church needs to be built on a certain set of plans, but not only that, your life needs to be built on a certain set of plans. And those plans are there to keep things from happening that they shouldn't happen. Again, if I was out there with Simon, I don't know what Simon knows when it comes to putting in that uh, system. Man, I probably could have dropped that thing down in there, maybe not had the grade. Next thing you know, rain comes in, and at the top of it, water's bubbling out. Why? Because it's not running down to get to where it needs to be. Now, we may have covered it and seemed like it was good until all of a sudden, rain showed up. See, a lot of times we want to build stuff and it looks good until trials show up. Then we'll find out whether you build it to code because then it endure whether it endure or not. Amen. See, we can make general statements like here's a set of plans to build a house. Okay, and that may be true, but every house can't be built at the same, the same way in every location. 
Amen. If I'm building on the beach, there's a whole set of codes associated with that sand. But if I'm building in the mountains, it's another set of codes. See, a lot of times people, what they want to do is they want to go online and grab hold of plans, <laughs> download them, and say, I'm going to build this. And you hadn't even checked with the authorities yet on whether or not you can do it in your account. I remember a couple who used to attend our church. The husband uh, basically subcontracted his own, built his own house, right? Um, and so he was there, and they had gotten some windows from somewhere and built the house and went to put the windows in, and the inspector came and said, you can't put those windows in this house. Now, he thought he was saving money. But the problem was the windows didn't meet the code. Hallelujah. You know, wind blows pretty hard here in Florida. And they have these things called hurricane-rated stuff. The front doors that are right here at Anchor Faith Church, when you leave this sanctuary, this side over here, you know, when you're coming up, you see those glass doors. I had those doors. I have guys in our church right now that could have easily, when we took those metal doors out, they could have framed it up and put those. In fact, I had guys in the church that put those doors in. Those doors used to go out to the mall. And we went and put them inside. I have another set over here in the mall. And we were like, let's get glass doors and let's put them to where you get a little light in the church, right? I mean, I'd love to cut some holes in here and put some windows in. I have no problem with windows. I love windows. It's just not my building yet, you understand. But when I do, I got to put those, build those things in that they'll meet code. Anyway, here I have this set of double doors, glass. They're tinted. It's all pretty, right? And I'm like, I want to put them in. So I met with an inspector. Guess what? Pastor Earl, you can't put those doors there. Why? They're glass. I just want to be able to see some light. They were in the mall. What's the problem? They're not hurricane-rated glass. Won't pass inspection. So I had to spend... And if Pastor Mike was in here, he's probably serving with the children right now. He'd let me know exactly what it was. But they were a few thousand. I had free doors. <laughs> right? I had free doors that I could have put in and we would have functioned. But they would not have functioned as they needed to in order to pass code. And sometimes you're trying to grab something from your old life. and build your new life around it, and you're out of code. And this is why you keep getting broken into. Things are falling apart. When storms come, the glass busts out. Bust out. I mean, the glass we got there, my gosh, man. I mean, it'd be very, it's very difficult to break that glass. I'm not saying it's impossible. It is extremely difficult. Now, don't try it because you're going to owe me a door. And the Lord knows that if you do, plus we have a camera and I'll see you bust it just like the one homeless guy came that tried to start, put our church on fire. All right. So we'll see you. All right. Just go ahead and cast that thought out right now. Cause that's ungodly. What I'm saying is, is that God has plans for our life and he knows exactly how to put them down so that no matter what goes on in life, that set of plan that set of plans will actually cause you to overcome and build 
your life. Are you with me? So what else do we know? Plans help you count the cost. Plans uh, are a clear vision written down so that all who read it may run. This is what I love about plans is that the minute we pull them out, the, anybody that gets involved, they can say, okay, I can do that assignment. I can do it. Now, most of the stuff that we've done here at Anchor Faith Church has been pretty simple. You know, I haven't had to have this major, major construction. It's usually just a lot of partitions per se. You know, hadn't been doing a whole lot of electrical stuff. Though I'll have some electrical work with this, and most likely I'm going to have to come back in and get another set of plans for this as well, because I'll have to run some electricity in the walls we're building over in the new section. Would you like to see the new section of Anchor Bay Church? Go ahead, put it up on there. So here's our plan, all right? Now, on the um, left side, this is what we call phase one, and then this, the right side is phase two. And basically what this is, is I have four, we have four storefronts that are located in the mall around 10,000 square feet, and we need to uh, uh, do a few things. Number one, I need to be able to create classroom space for Washington. I need to create an office space for Washington. Uh, my wife and I are going to relocate our offices so that we can relocate offices from upstairs because code will only allow us to have five office spaces up there. Because to go beyond that, I'd have to put in an elevator. And I'm not spending $70,000 to get a couple more people upstairs. So we're going to kick them out. Say, kick them out. So we're going to kick them out and just let the media team stay up there because they got a meat locker going anyway for all the you know, te you know, technical stuff and equipment and computers and stuff, all right? So everybody that is up there now says amen, and they're excited to get into their own office space. So we'll move them into an office space downstairs, and, um, and then uh, we'll create a storage because I got to get this storage stuff under control. Uh, we got stuff all over the place, and it's time for my logistics, uh, my supply that I did in the Army to manifest so that we can get some control of some inventory. I don't know how many hammers I've bought in 15 years, but I should have only had to buy one. <laughs> so we check it in and check it out right with a good supply sergeant, we're going to be all right. <laughs> Save some money. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. We go into annex and it's like, just lock the door and run, man. I mean, it's like pandemonium. It's, it's amazing how many people will just dump stuff and go. Your mama don't live here. But Daddy Earl is going to take care of this in these new plans, and it's going to look different. Pastor Earl, can we? No. If you don't check it in, check it out. And if I see you signed a document that you have it, and I don't have it back at a certain time, you bond it. I'm taking out your paycheck. All right. I might. Anyway, so then this common area, it says common area, but it really isn't. It's the current. We're moving the current. The current will get about another 800 square foot, so it'll be larger because we're growing. Hallelujah. You say, well, what's going to happen to the current? I have plans. Plans to expand Treasure Harbor Preschool. We'll actually put a wall down uh, the center this way and divide it in two spaces so that Treasure Harbor Preschool can, continue, can get out of their waiting list and we can maybe even hire some more people and grow that area ministry. But not only that, because the only reason we do two services today is because our children always overrun us. And so what we want to do is we want to be able to take Nautilus and make Nautilus where it is now, the elementary, be only third to fifth grade and pull kindergarten first and second grade and put them in half of the current and they can do service there. Because it's a big gap between kindergartners and fifth grade. 
But you know, I'm glad you're amen and me. Because you know what that means? That means we need more people to get involved, to invest in the next generation. Because if I put them all in one room, then I have people in one room. But the minute I put them in another room, we have to have more disciples. So I'm glad you're happy. Because the area that gets the most declines on our planning center is our children in infant ministries. It's like decline, I can't, decline, I can't. What do you mean you can't? Aren't you glad that somebody's here to take care of investing in your children? So let's invest in the next generation. Let's give them Jesus. And when you go pick up your children today, look at them and say, I'm so thankful to God for you that you allow me to be able to be in service while you minister life to my children. I can listen to Pastor Earl without going. Shh, 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 shh. Right? You have to carry them out because they're crying. Now, they don't bother me. It's the person beside you that has a problem. You know, because I'll preach over you kid crying. All right? Amen. So these are our plans. Now, these plans actually are going to have to be modified. This is just the first draft because there's this hallway between the classrooms of, the, of Washington and the rest of that is not on these set of plans. For whatever reason, when we were conversing and the little crude ones that I put together for them didn't translate on these plans. So guess what? We're going to revise them. What does that mean? Listen, you, when you get along with God, you may have an idea of what you think it should be, but God says we're going to have to revise this. Here's the thing about plans. Plans can be modified while being implemented. What's so awesome about plans is that when you actually pull permits and you've got the authority saying these are good to go, they will meet the requirements necessary. This can stand. This is an allowable use. This is a legal expression. Plans are a legal expression of what the builder intended. Amen. Let God build your life so you can actually be a legal expression of what it looks like to be in Christ. Let him build your life so that whatever you come through in life, he'll pull out that set of plans and say, now, this is how we're going to fix your marriage. Come on. You pull them out and you say, now, this is how we're going to fix your finance. This is how we'll build your wealth. This is how we'll build your peace. This is how we'll build favor. This is how we'll build leadership in you. This is how... And if you'll follow those plans to the T, then it will be as the plans dictate. It will come to pass. Amen. So what we need to do is we need to make sure that we are following it. But God is so good that he does exceedingly abundantly, far beyond what we could think or imagine. And you could be in a process and in a project and all of a sudden realize, you know what? There's more space here than we, than we were thinking. What if we did this? And guess what can happen with plans today? You could get an inspector to show up, present to them, hey, listen, we decided now that we're in it, we want to do this here. And instead of them making you go all the way back to the architect and draftsman and engineer, structural engineer, and then going back through all the permitting process and all the different departments you got to deal with. They'll pull out their little red pen and they'll pencil it in with that little red pen, this new thing you want to do, and sign it with their little name. And that means you've been authorized to make this addition on the spot. Oh, I love that. Because what will the blood of Jesus do for us? 
Man, you'll be going along with God, and all of a sudden, God say, you thought that was good? Guess what? I'm going to add a whole other expression to what you were building that you didn't even know was there. I'm doing a blood write-in right now. Can I get an amen? Man, God wants you to get, uh, get started in his plans, and sometimes they may not be on the plans literally, and you didn't think that would actually be a part, but all of a sudden, God says, hey, we've got to this part, and guess what? Something I didn't put in originally, but I'm going to pin that in right here. I'm going to pin that in right here. And now all of a sudden you get exceedingly abundantly far beyond what you think or imagine. The plans called for, you know, um, um, a, a, a floor, you know, a particular grade of carpet because, I mean, plans are that detailed. Plans will say this is the carpet we're using and this is the fire rating of that carpet. I can't just go down to Home Depot and say, give me three uh, eight-inch sheetrock. It's the cheapest. I'm going to put it up in the church. (laughs) They'll be like, son, you better find you some five-eight-inch sheetrock fire rated. See these hallways right here. These hallways that are going around, they're six-foot hallways. Do you know why they're six-foot hallways? Because education requires six feet. Office is four. But So I have to build it to meet an education code, not just I'm going to go to my office and my wife's going to go, so we'll just have a smaller corridor. Can't do it. You know why the classrooms are built on that exterior wall? Because the the school, which is education, has to have an immediate exit to the outside. Could never build it to the other side. You can say, now, Pastor Earl, I got a better way. You could put all those classrooms here. I think it would fit better. Doesn't matter if it fit better. If it's not on an exterior wall, I can't build it that way. So what we have to do is we can't build our lives. You may say, God, how many of you have done this? Now, Lord, this is how I want you to deal with my wife. (laughs) And you got it all planned out, right? If she'll do this, 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 and this. This house will be awesome. But the Lord says, can't build it that way. (sighs) Can't do it that way. That's out of alignment. (laughs) That doesn't meet code. And besides, you're in the building. So we got to deal with you because you're out of code. Can I get an amen? No, but his plans will build your children. Train up a child in the way they go. Everything you need to know for child rendering is right here in these pages. Everything you need to know about overcoming an offense is right here. Man, they offended me. Let me pull the plans out. See, he has plans for you. And what are those plans? They're to prosper you. What are they to do? Prosper you. I've never seen God bring a set of plans that was, had, was calamity or chaos. Yet, will people not say, when chaos and calamity hits their life, bad things, they're like, well, it was God's plan. No, it wasn't God's plan. Wasn't God's plan at all. No, the thief came and rode in on your plans, stole your plans, drove a forklift through your plans. (laughs) You start to build that thing, and he'll come through with a wrecker and hit that thing, knock out a corner or something. You're like, what happened? That wasn't, well, I guess God was trying to teach me. No, somebody came to destroy the plans. Sometimes you'll get people to show up. You give them the set of plans. This is how we do the electrical work. And all of a sudden, the inspector comes and says, this ain't no good. You got to rip it all out. 
Well, because that person that was, you know, you contracted didn't do it according to the plans, did it to how they wanted to do it to get it done quick so they could get paid from you because they're not here. They used the cheaper material, the uh, didn't uh, do it as it was instructed and, and stole. I mean, my gosh, how many times have we heard about a contractor that's come in and the people did not understand and did the least shoddiest work, got the money, and then when it came to inspection time, they've ran with your money and all of a sudden you had to hire someone else, you're out more to fix what they didn't do right. That's what the devil does. It was never in the plans at all. Because God's plans for you is to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you hope and a future, to give you your dream home. Yeah, he's come to build your dream home. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. He's come to build your life according to his set of plans, and then he'll build you in his church as well, and it's the greatest life ever. Amen. Amen. That's what he wants to do with us. He wants us, again, to understand that there are plans for healing. And here's the thing. A lot of times we're like, well, I got my healing plan, but you don't have it down in detail. Because plans are detailed. And when you begin to get in the Word, say, now, Lord, I know that you desire for me to be healed. How is that going to happen? And he'll start taking you through the Word, and you'll start drawing out your plan. Say this scripture, quote this here, go here, go see a doctor. What? Lord, you're the healer. Why am I going to a doctor? Because you don't know what you're having to speak over yet. Amen. Sometimes you just got to follow God's plan to get the result. Financially, you're like, Lord, I want to be able to prosper in you. I know you delight in the prosperity of your people. The Lord said, okay, these are, here's my plans for you to accomplish that task. And then you get in the word and you begin to draw out the plans. What are they? These scriptures that you're able to pull together and you begin to see, you begin to confess them by faith and then you begin to act on. He said, okay, now give this and give this and so here and then receive this here and here's this plan that's going to produce more here. Now sell that and then buy this. And next thing you know, man, you're prospering. Why? Because you did it God's way. And we're not all the same. I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't like the neighborhoods that are cookie cutter. Spec homes what they call them, spec homes. <laughs> Go in, it's like everybody else's, right? And the reality is they paint them the same, look the same, then all of a sudden you got to do something to make it your own. Right. Listen, you're not a spec build. You're not a spec build. He is so elaborate. He's not building anyone's life the same. You have your own set of plans. And he has a way to deliver you out of all your trouble. And the way he does it with you may be totally different with someone else. All you need to know is that if he did it with that person, he'll do it with me. Let me get my plans and God will build my life. He'll do it if he'll just follow his plan. How is it that we can get these plans of healing and plans of prosperity and plans for marriages and plans for raising kids and plans for becoming a leader and plans for deliverance and plans for joy and plans for peace and plans for walking in love and plans um, for, for um, casting out devils and plans for um, overcoming every obstacle that ever shows up? How do we get a hold of these plans? We need to get his first set. It's called the plan of salvation. And the plan of salvation looks like this. In John chapter 14, verse 6, it says this. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. In essence, he says, there is no other set of plans that can accomplish this. <laughs> this is the plan. I am it. Now, 
Now that you know I'm the only set of plans that can get you right with the Father, this is how you do it when you begin to read the plans. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10 says it this way, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe with your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses resulting in salvation. Salvation is only one of God's plans. How do I know it's only one? Because when God first created man in Genesis chapter 1, he said, let man, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let him have dominion. And man was to have dominion, to rule. He was to walk and talk with God. He was to be able to do just like God in this realm as God did in the heaven realm. But unfortunately, man uh, got, got together with a horrible contractor or a horrible subcontractor, and he listened to them to modify God's plan. For God said to build this plan, you cannot eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for the day you eat, you're going to die. But he got them to modify and eat the fruit. And the minute he did, the transfer of dominion went from Adam to Satan. But God had his own set of plans drafted in heaven and showed up and says, wait a minute. Somebody has put an eraser to my plans, but I have drafted another copy. And now I have an addendum to the plans. He said, Adam, have you eaten the fruit? Eve, what did you do? Satan, here's the new plan. I'm going to bring my seed through the woman. He's going to crush your head. You'll bruise his heel, but make no mistake about it. The dominion you just stole, Jesus is going to give it back and give it back to man. Hallelujah. And he's never came off that plan because the original set that he created in the beginning will come to pass. That plan will work. Doesn't matter that the thief now has come to kill, steal, and destroy because for every time he tries to tear something down, he'll say, okay, here's the new plans. We'll tear that out. We'll build this. Now here we'll get back to the original plan. And the first way you get back to God's original plan is you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Let's pray.